real weirdos back in the saddle for some reason watching funny games oh alex my boy <laughs> oh my my sweet summer child <laughs> alex has inflicted upon us today and yes i'm gonna keep picking on you here oh um, that's fine possibly possibly the worst thing i've ever seen which is interesting in and of itself um but we watched a, a german film from 1997 entitled funny games uh from director michael haneke uh, i might be pronouncing that wrong i'm not certain um interesting not only because it's completely irredeemable for reasons that we'll get into but because he had the absolute gall to remake it shot for shot 10 years later so alex lead us off here why did we watch funny games well first i i gotta say i mean it it's not every day that i get to show someone a movie that then turns into the worst film that they have ever seen especially someone like you who's seen quite a few films <laughs> and who i know knows a lot about film i actually feel kind of proud of myself um jeff as well yeah jeff you enjoyed this greatly as well did you not I thought that watching so watching this movie is like having hemorrhoids. <laughs> it it's persistent. It just makes you irritable and all you want is for these two little hanging sacks of flesh to just go the fuck away. <laughs> and that's how See, I felt this entire film. <laughs> Oh, man. See, I was thinking about it on a long drive home that I had today. And I thought it was like like being strapped to a chair and having somebody insult you for two hours and like slap you in the face with like this smug little expression and you can't do anything about it. You just have to sit there and take it. But but I, we, we jumped over you here, Alex. Why did we watch this movie? Well, I actually liked this movie at one point. I will freely admit. I saw it in theaters um, when I was about 16. And the, the, the remake, right? The remake, yes, excuse me. The one that was made shot for shot, albeit English-speaking actors. Um, it has Naomi Watts in it as the wife. It has Tim Roth in it as the husband. Uh, Michael Pitt is Peter, or Paul, excuse me. And other actors, doesn't even matter. Um it's shot for shot, like I said. So I liked it when I was young because I feel like it dealt in these themes of, of violence and of like this weird, you know, weirdness, uh, this like uh, austere upper class American skewering, right, of society. Something meaningful was about it. And for some reason, when I saw it as, when I was younger, it gave me this type of like itch. I was like, oh, this this movie's doing lots of stuff with its postmodernism and its breaking of the fourth wall and all its meta-ness. And then I went on with my life and I, you know, got older and watched a lot more movies and became, I guess, wiser when it came to critically looking at film and watched <laughs> it again this time around after suggesting it to you all. I want to say why I suggested it as well, because of those themes that it dealt in. I thought, you know, this could be interesting for people who like movies that just aren't the normal run-of-the-mill, you know, romance story, drama story, whatever. It definitely isn't one of just those, right? It's definitely like a film that's 
trying to be something. So I thought that it would be something that would, you know, spark some discussion. Um, I'm, I'm deeply disappointed with myself. Uh, my 16-year-old <laughs> self for many reasons and many things, but now even more that probably that movie that I watched then and actually liking it. So, so yeah. I, I have a couple questions for you, Alex. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be I'm asking ready. a lot of questions in this episode because personally this movie was so horrible and we're going to make fun of it and we're going to be funny about it or at least we're going to try to be uh that doesn't mean like go watch the movie don't don't, don't yeah. watch this movie don't do it this movie should be seen by nobody don't but before you get to your it. questions jeff i think i'll just give a quick rundown about what this movie is yes please. so a a family a german family and or an american family i suppose yeah. depending on which version you watch um I only watched one of them, by the way. I could not bring myself to watch the remake. Same. Um, well, they they had it's like a a man and his wife and their son go to like a summer house, and some people who are ost- ostensibly like friends of their neighbors show up. It's like two guys wearing douchey golf outfits, <laughs> and then proceed to like cheekily torture this family for for two hours that's and at at certain points they turn to the camera and say something like are you enjoying this or they'll say something like oh no we can't have that happen and they'll rewind the footage so there's some sort of meta element going throughout this and i kept waiting for that to turn into something clever because, spoilers, Alex gave us no value judgments about this film. So I was expecting something good. And I kept waiting for it to take a turn. I was like, okay, they're establishing this meta element. It has to take a turn, right? And it has to take a really, like, wide or sharp turn. It has to take a sharp turn. Because what I'm watching is, by turns, awful mean um boring at a point like i understood what the movie was doing about 20 minutes in. i'm like okay these guys are assholes who are here to like torture this family and then it does nothing with that for the entire film there's some vague dialogue at the end when they're in the boat about multiple universes or something but it's it's so smug and self-satisfied with how clever it thinks it's being while being not clever at all that I wanted to strangle it. (laughs) Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to agree fully. This movie is so high on its own farts and it's so it, the director really thought that he had something unique here. So what he was trying to do from what I understand is have a sort of meta commentary on the violence of film and uh-huh. like like messing with the audience and their expectations. The problem is that n- the movie's not especially gratuitous and I was too annoyed to be like shocked by anything. I was more just shocked about how awful the film was, which is interesting as well because it's not a poorly made movie technically. 
yeah there's some interesting shots that's almost like you're placed as an audience member in this voyeuristic position which you start to see pretty early on like the camera will be locked down people will walk up the stairs and you'll just have this empty frame of stairs (laughs) and you hear things happening so it's like the movie is placing you in these in these environments and sometimes like the violence will be off screen as well and then like a blood splatter will go to a wall i don't know if i'm making this sound like it's well made but my point (laughs) is it's it's not poorly made like there's some decent filmmaking here it's just that the soul of it is completely rotten there is no and anything it's trying to say is completely flatlined by its own sense of self-satisfaction with doing nothing except being awful. Yes, fully agree. This movie is like a like a maggot-filled prune. <laughs> like like <laughs> like on the ins on the outside you're like I mean, yeah, it's a prune, like I guess I'll eat it, but like, you know, and then it's filled with maggots. You're like, "Oh fuck, dude." And it was a prune. Like I don't even want it. I don't like prunes. This movie's horror is predictable. It, if you can call it horror, it's uh, it it's two main characters. I guess if you could call them that, are just really derivative of many other type of psycho characters uh-huh. that you have met before. I just didn't find. I just didn't find anything in this movie that I haven't seen before. But like you were saying, Jesse, it's not a B movie quality it's weird it's like you're what it actually shot well and it has like decent lighting and i mean the script is dog shit Uh but Uh it (laughs) it has this element to it where you kind of want it to be good and it just it just falls flat every time yeah i mean no yeah you guys i think it's funny that you know Jesse, you mentioned being strapped to a chair for two hours and being beaten over the face by like some people who think they're extremely witty. It very much parallels and mirrors the the experience of watching this film. Um, and you mean you mean the experience of the characters in the film, or oh, I, I mean just the idea of sitting in front of the screen for two hours and watching this film is kind of like oh, being right. strapped into a chair and having some pompous patronizing little kid just slap you and your family around um it's interesting that what you said about the commentary on violence he 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 made it twice because he said he felt like that it would go over better with american and english-speaking audiences because that's who he was really trying to you know get to i guess whatever do you have do you have a better explanation as to what precisely he was trying to do with this movie uh when I was reading a small little snippet from an interview um, that I found online. He said that he was trying to show how violence in the American movies seemed to be over gratuitous and did like nothing to support like the story. Um, And I guess by not showing the violence in his films and just having it implied, maybe that was his remedy uh, that's the best explanation I feel like I can give this director. But um, then I, but I call then, bullshit. But then to add his, his whatever what he was trying to do still added nothing to the plot and was like, exactly it, it did the same thing he was thinking the violence in American movies did. Yeah, it makes no sense. It and then when he made the American one, the one that I watched, 
it there's it's like like you said jeff i think you know the two guys are like derivative um it's like these two people were like they like saw no country for old men and saw anton chagrin right as the villain on there and thought like oh this is like what people do when they're violent right but at least that movie was clever at least that character was interesting and i mean he's a force of a character in that film not to talk about another film that's actually good but it yeah. just seemed like uh, I, I don't know it seemed like a movie that a young very young person would attach to right like i guess myself it just i don't know there's something about it that it sh- it should be good it it shouldn't be as bad as it it is i guess well, that kind of leads me to the questions I wanted to ask you because I agree that 16-year-old me would have loved this um, movie. Now, granted, I didn't see the version that 16-year-old you saw. Mm-hmm. I, the only version of this I've seen is the 97 version, and that's the only version I will ever see. <laughs> but, I mean, my, one of my questions, though, is... Um, had you seen The Clockwork Orange before you saw this movie as a kid? No, actually. That is a great question. I know for a fact that I didn't. Okay, because that makes sense. Because, I mean, when I saw this movie... I remember when I saw this movie advertised, I believe, the, the remake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw The Clockwork Orange when I was maybe 12 or 13 for the first time. I mean, not really understanding any of the concepts. And, and then I read the book later. But the... The con- it's the move. This movie in particular is trying so hard to harness that raw, uh, v- like violent energy. Because mm-hmm. if you look, if you think about it, Clockwork Orange isn't a violent movie. I mean, it's a hyper violent movie. Yeah. But it, but it isn't. Like it doesn't ever show any like really any blood, but behind like a little bit here or there. And it's like almost like this director thinks he gets that Kubrickian style of storytelling. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do my version of that. And it falls so flat and it's so boring. Like this is one of the more boring movies I've ever seen. There's just, it's just shot so low. It's shot unnecessarily tight Mm-hmm. on a lot of the like characters when it doesn't need to be it's like trying to add tension through tight camera work that isn't there in the dialogue and what's going on yeah it's you just... know what Jesse said about the 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 shots being really still the really protracted scenes and like the characters will exit but the the shot will stay that like i knew that there was filmmaking technique going on but i hated that I hated that so much. It made the movie extremely boring for me. Um, I don't know why, I guess, but it just was like, it was just pointless. I just thought it was fucking pointless. The The reason it's boring is because it it it's operating on a single tenor, right? The only tenor it has is like, look at these irredeemable characters in this film, torture this family. And you're like, okay, what are you going to do with that? And it doesn't do anything else with that. It just continues. It continues making you feel bad for watching it for a while. And then you get bored because there's no other tenor operating. There's no other dimension to it. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was thinking today on my drive. I wonder if like the director would be pleased at how much I hated his film. 
But I also think, like, I probably hated it for reasons that he didn't intend, if that's fair to say. Yeah. If, if, if he wanted me to be shocked, the only thing I found shocking is that a movie could engender this much antipathy in me. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, as a lead-in possibly to, to a, a more interesting discussion is, like, what is it that makes a movie bad? Right. Mm -hmm. Because I, I say with some certainty that this might be the most awful thing I've ever seen and nobody should watch it. But it's but it is technically competent. Yeah. You know, so there's like there's movies like Samurai Cop that are that are technically incompetent. But my value judgment of something like that or like Birdemic mm -hmm. is not is not terrible. You know, like they're they're terrible movies, but I like them. Yeah. You know, they're they're badly constructed, but they're interesting in some facet. Like I I gain something from them. Whatever that says about me. <clears throat> Whereas this movie is just like a a complete poverty <laughs> of intellect, of soul, of wit, of of anything that I would ever want from a film. Yeah, it's like it's like this it's a it's it's a poverty of intellect but a glutton of the 16 year old kid at the coffee shop uh, intellect like that's the type of intellect that you're gonna get when you watch this movie um it's gonna be a kid who maybe looked at the book cover of nietzsche right and was like okay this is how i feel about life for the rest of my life now <laughs> um it I think a a good question like that that question it could be separated maybe into like categories right so you have one that's like of technical quality you have one of acting performance which I think is an important part of the of all movies and I actually think that I mean Naomi Watts and Tim Roth and Michael Pitt were, were good like they were they did their job and I actually thought that their performance was good even though their characters all were pretty flat and kind of sucked I don't know about the the 97 one um how well the acting was it was it was all right um i i mean i hated the r2 antagonists but i don't it's possibly just because they were so douchey but yeah. like given the given the material that you had i guess that's the job that you do i guess you could consider that a good job yeah but i mean i believed that the the mother and father character were feeling very terrible when their son got blasted in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I guess you can put that into the, the category of how you measure a, a good or a bad movie. And then direction is a big one, which is probably where this movie gets like a big fat, just fucking F or screenwriting. You know, I don't know if it, he was the one who, Oh, actually, he did do the screenplay for both this, this movie and the direction. So, I mean, it he makes must sense. Have. He, he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, because because that's the that's the difference, right? Um, in order to have humanity in your film, a core of something that's interesting, you need a good director. If it's an auteur piece like this, you know, this is not this is not something that's been pumped out by the Disney Corporation with like a team of writers. Yeah. Um, so if you have one person helming up a film or any like massive artistic project, you're kind of looking at their, their soul in a sense. No. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Definitely. I mean, it, 
I, I could definitely agree with that. But with this movie, it seems like it's trying too hard to be too self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I just... The, the, that kind of theme is can be done well but in this in this film the way it's just it's delivered in such a a flat and dry and matter of fact way it doesn't build to anything so it i don't know i guess jesse you already said this it kind of just doesn't become rewarding to care or be invested in the characters mm-hmm. i think trying hard is a good way to describe funny games in nearly every avenue whether it's plot direction narration character portrayal everything is trying so hard to to be something but it, it never does anything right like do or do not there is no try it's like the, it's just i don't know yeah in trying to be shocking it fails to do anything else what was what was the turning point for you cuz like i said before alex gave me no value judgment so i kept waiting for it to be good and i think I think it was around maybe the halfway mark where I was like, this isn't doing anything. It's just doing the same thing again. It's like, okay, let's find another way to torture people sadistically while being like snarky about it. Mm -hmm. What was the turning point for you, Jeff? Do you remember? I mean, going through my notes, I have a couple things circled. I mean, probably like the, the game that they played they're like counting i don't know it just it just at that time i was so bored and it was it, it was circling back to they're like he's like counting and they're like i think believe they're like chasing the family around the house while like one of them like makes a sandwich or something i don't know it was something super like corny and like look how ca- casual and cavalier we are and i just got sick of it and i was like all right i'm done <laughs> I, I found myself um, as a lover of breakfast foods just being increasingly angry when eggs started to break over and over again. That's like five minutes in. Yeah, and I was just like, I can't fucking do this. Um, there's a point, though, where like <laughs> th- they've started the games, they've started the torture, and one of them, in the newer one at least, he goes back into the kitchen to get eggs, and some type of... like. Uh, Something happens, and there's some type of ruckus, and the eggs break again, and I just can't. I don't know. My least favorite part of the movie was the rewind. That was in the 97 one, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, they're shot for shot. Yeah, um, I know, right? Like, I just I didn't know how shot for shot, but now, I mean, it's just, <laughs> he made it twice. I can't get over that. He made it twice. <laughs> but yeah, that was my least favorite part of, uh, of the film. And then, you know, those stupid little smirk at the end. That's, that's the point. That's the point where I stopped being like just bored and started being utterly resentful. Yeah. I think where I wanted the movie to fuck itself. I was like, get out of here, you smug little bastard. Jeff, you had an amazing joke the other day about this movie that I think people should hear because it, it, it sums it up very well. Like, probably just as good as being tied to a chair and slapped. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, basically, yeah, I, I kind of, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, this movie is like drinking a cup of tea that has come in it, like you know has come <laughs> in it, and the guy who came in your tea 
is sitting across from you with like his fingers laced and he's just smiling <laughs> at you. It's this, uh, it's this sense uh, of like, like, look at, look at what, look, look at the good I did. Do you like, do you like it? And it's just like, dude, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> but you have to drink but it. But you have to drink it because, you know, you're like on a podcast. It's like eating the, <laughs> the custard in Dead Alive. After you see oh, the, the spurt. We may have to do, it. we may have to do Dead Alive at some point. Oh. It's possibly my favorite film. Maybe yeah, to wash away crazy. this film in any way. Like, thinking of, like, we can cut this part out, but thinking of, like, episodes for next week, would there, is there anything that, like, you guys watch to cleanse yourself of a bad movie afterwards? Like, do you throw anything on just to, just to remind yourself that there's still, like, some humanity and some good filmmaking out there? I mean, generally, mm. I'll just fall back on, like, I'm a big rewatcher. That's my thing. Oh, it's me like, too. Yeah, you guys are such a you guys are such a knowledge on such a wide amount of movies, and I know you know a good amount. But personally, I'm just like, I mean, if if we ever want to talk about like movies that I really love and I've rewatched a thousand times, like that's that's where I kind of rest is like I'm mm-hmm. a big rewatcher. So I'll I'll usually end up falling falling back on something like I really like, like like Man on Fire. Or, you know, some, some okay. kind of I just watch like... Casino for the 9,000. <laughs> I, I am finally at the point where I I don't ever have to see those movies again. Like, I'll never elect <laughs> to watch those movies. I'll never be like, oh, I'm going to put on Goodfellas right now. Yeah. Like, it's never going to happen. But I'll put on, like, Man on Fire or, you know... Oh, Denzel is a, one of my big palate cleansers for some reason. Like, Training Day is a movie I always put on. You're generally going to get like a, a decent baseline level of quality with Denzel. There are some stinkers in there, but yeah, now I get what you're saying. That's mm-hmm. a that's a good palate cleanser for sure. Yeah, I mean, personally, I you guys know this. I've been doing my complete movie nerd project where I started like at the beginning of this year in the year 1939, the golden age of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I've been slowly like amassing a chronological watch order from there. I've made it to about 1953. So most of the things I'm watching these days are very good, albeit quite old. You know, yeah. I'm not watching whatever B-zombie movies came out at that time. I'm watching, you know, stuff by John Ford and Billy Wilder and John Hughes and, like, you know, Humphrey Bogart being a badass <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, such a, such a genre of movies that I'm so unfamiliar with. It's like the the golden age of Hollywood, like the early Hollywood movies. I just, something about like that type of old film. I just, I never really could fall into. I know that's kind of a blasphemous thing to say. No, I mean, it it makes sense. I I find that people who actually like being an English major, I I have to say, I, I love reading, right? It's up there with film and watching films for me. So watching older films, is like seeing these books, on screen where it's long scenes actors have to act and there's lots of dialogue and very subtle little techniques that you can do because i mean there's only so much you can do with light with color i mean you know it's it's all in black and white so like there's certain things that it's just you have to leave it all up to the actors and the dialogue and and the screenplays honestly i think are just immense immensely better than they they are today um just because they had to be 
Um, well, yeah, that was back when like you made like seven movies a year. Yeah. And you couldn't you couldn't have these incredibly complex action scenes where the yeah where the director violently shakes the camera and they cut like nine times in a second. Mm-hmm. You kind of just had to work with your talent. Which is not to say that everything back then was good. It probably had just as many stinkers, but there is a certain quality to it that, I don't know, I wouldn't say is lost, but is certainly not as ubiquitous as it was then. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put together a list of classics for you, Jeff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like the sieve of time filters out all of like the best of that era. And yeah, indeed. It, it just takes it takes many more years after an era for that to like catch up. It's very delayed. So, like the earliest movies I watch are probably like seventies. You know, like the first the the first Alien movies. Um, see the idea of getting to those sounds amazing because they're like so technically superior to (laughs) to what i'm still watching which is part of the interesting it's one of the interesting parts is it's like watching the medium evolve and that's sort of what i wanted to do is it's like I, i i think i was like that too jeff i like my knowledge probably started in the 70s to to any reasonable degree um, with some smattering of earlier stuff, but I really wanted to just get into the entirety of film and see it evolve. And so, like, I'll see a movie and I'll be like, "Oh, who's this director? Billy Wilder. I want to get. I want to see everything he's done." So I'll add him to the list, or an actor. So not only are you watching the techniques of cinema evolve as it becomes colorized, and you get more sweeping camera motions and you have the ability to put darker plots past sensors. Um, seeing people sleep in the same bed was pretty racy for a while. You wouldn't see that, yeah. but you d- you start to around the 50s. Um, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. That's cool. I would be big on the, the historical societal implications of how, you know, artists portrayed. So definitely stuff like that would be like, oh, well, you know, people were more willing to see on screen what everyone does at home you know like such a weird puritanical streak in american cinema that was very strange to me when i first was exposed to more like you know avant-garde french german spanish cinema more foreign stuff that just is more like i don't know more nudity i guess and it not being like a huge huge deal yeah i I do find that that part of film history interesting where it's like this like the little facts where it's like this is the first time a woman was seen in a bathing suit on yeah film. yeah exactly and like this is the first time a woman talked back to a man on film <laughs> and it's like oh okay this is a you're like what year was that you're like 2019 yeah weird, weird that you had to record that but uh, yeah yeah it just says so much i mean even in i mean even bad films um I was going to say one of my biggest palate cleansers for some reason is Gladiator. I always rewatch that movie. And like, I feel like it's just the epicness of it. I just like sit there and just let Hans Zimmer and Ridley Scott like blast my senses, you know, for a good two and a half hours. So I don't know. I need to see that one again. It's been a long time, but I loved it. Uh I have it on DVD. My friend Sean and I used to watch it all the time. We had our go-tos like that one and like Braveheart and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good one too. 
Fury Road is slowly becoming one of those for me. Gladiator is uh, such a good movie. Like, I I can't get over how much I love that movie. It was one of those ones that like if you could catch it on like CBS or TNT late at night with like the like little bit of commercials because it was one of those movies that like you have to just sit and watch. Mm-hmm. It was just such a a great ride as a kid and now even to this day i'd say even a movie i can get jolene my wife to like watch with me in one sitting because it's just so so well done and well told in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. it's a relatively short movie you can't generally get her to watch movies oh god no i can't get her to watch movies in one sitting we have to like that's sp- the only way to do it exactly yeah, it is the only way <laughs> so like we have to like split movies up into sittings or kind of i don't know just watch like a quarter of one and like take a break and come back she just has a really, kind of a short attention span tv shows should work well then there should be like she- binge shows you guys can watch right uh yeah we've binged stuff before but she usually gives up like we binged game of thrones obviously Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. every couple in the the planet um but i think uh but usually like we tried to binge like ozark and those kind of shows but she just like she just gives up after a while because she Mm -hmm. just would rather like do other stuff like paint or something like that so that's just how she is but it's kind of difficult sometimes because you're like oh i just want to watch this movie with you so she has like no knowledge of movies or actors or anything she's like i have to yeah i have to explain what every actor is even like the simplest of actors mm-hmm. you're like that's ben affleck no, she would not know ben affleck she if she saw a picture of ben affleck she'd be like oh uh, yeah like i've seen him but i don't know his name yeah that's the guy who was in south park right <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Real Weirdos chat cast, by the way, yeah. because Funny Games is so fucking awful that there's not much to say about it other than it's a miserable pile of nothing that yeah. nobody should ever see. Fuck yeah, if you, you Michael noticed, Haneke. Fuck if, you. If, you. if you haven't noticed, we've kind of uh, just all in all given up. Oh, they noticed. <laughs> but yeah. this, is, this is fun, too. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's fun to just be able to talk about. But, like, really, like, to circle back, I mean, I think that, I don't watch many bad movies. Like I think that, but I really think that Samurai Cop is like the best representation of a bad movie, like a good bad movie. Mm-hmm. It just has all the elements. It checks all the boxes. Cheesy actors, bad screenplay, foreign director, just everything. A wig that falls off during action yeah. shots. The best comedy wig in cinema history. And it just has like everything. When you say all those things, you're like, well, Funny Games has those to a degree. But it's really what's behind all that and makes it enjoyable to listen to and to watch is this sense of of really trying their best. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's so incompetent that yeah. it's amazing. Alex and I were talking about this earlier, actually, or were we waiting for you, Jeff? Because he rewatched it, and which says a lot. Because it's like, you can almost get more, um, like, filmmaking-wise out of a bad movie than a good movie. Because Samurai Cop, for instance, yeah, his wig falls off, and that's funny. But then you have, like, shot-reverse shot all over the place, where the reverse is filmed in a completely different location than what it's reacting to 
<laughs> and has a completely different color temperature than the other scene. And, and it's it's just the most baffling thing. All the way down to like ADR, like weird ADR choices, mm-hmm. sex scenes that go on for <laughs> like a shockingly long time. <laughs> I, I also swear that um, the black Speedo that is used about seven times in the film is the same black speedo and every actor is just forced Mm -hmm. to keep wearing it 100 percent, dude there's a spirit behind samurai cop there's like the spirit of filmmaking that it can sometimes the spirit is like the a master at its craft and you're just like oh this is amazing but you know there's like joy too in just watching someone innocently and vulnerably like it's so vulnerable in the spirit of filmmaking that you're like okay I, i get it and this is actually enjoyable to watch. Um, it's kind of adorable. Exactly. Whereas funny games lacks. There's like no spirit of filmmaking. You know, when you go to like a, you go to like a CVS, right, and you see like the cheap little colognes that they'll have in like a glass case there. You're like, okay, that's Samurai Cop. I know what it's gonna smell like. I know that it has this, you know, fancy little like manufactured bottle or whatever. That's fine. Funny Games is like going into like a nice, you know, department store looking at colognes and perfumes and whatnot and buying one that you think is supposed to be nice and tells you that it's really nice. And it puts off this aura of being like classy. And then it's just this. And then it pompous. makes you throw up. Exactly. It's like we used the sweat of an anus from some random Vietnamese villager just locally sourced, you know, and it's just so pretentious in its makeup that what comes out mm. is just disgusting. Vietnamese specifically? No, uh, forgive me. <laughs> I mean, I still am on this like ethnic <laughs> kick since the Holy Mountain, like riling up my Peruvian hatred and whatnot. So I've just been picking on everyone, don't, I guess. Don't, don't blame him. Don't blame him. We were talking about Vietnam before the podcast. Yes, yes. So I'm going to go there later this year. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it, it, a spirit is definitely one thing, but there is a untangible uh, and an immeasurable and almost you call it the umami just put it in cooking terms mm-hmm. of bad films there's a an undescribable or indescribable flavor to a good bad movie that sits on your mind and makes you kind of crack that long smile mm-hmm. that you're because mm-hmm. you know what you're in for when you but you know when a movie i kind of feel like with like barbarella like Barbarella oh, yeah. was trying to be a Ugh. bad movie. It was trying so hard. It wanted to be up there in that like that, that niche category of like this will be great and cult and it's just it's so fucking bad and boring. <laughs> and it's just I can't Yeah, we 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 tried to watch Barbarella on one of our B movie nights and we got maybe two thirds of the way and gave up. So it's like that movie Damn. you could you could check I could see why someone recommended it though, because you can see like, okay, it's got the dumb plot, the goofy characters, overindulgence in sex, like it's it's ticking all the boxes of a like a funny B movie. But it's not. So what is that? What is that flavor, that spice, that that's yeah. missing. It's an interesting question, and uh, people better than us have tried to answer it, but it can only really be described as an X factor. You can you can point to all these little elements, but sometimes those elements fail in another movie. 
it's a I don't know. It's part of what makes movies interesting. You yeah. know, it's it's it, sometimes it's really hard to define why they're great or why they're awful. Like, I don't know if I've done a good job except by saying adjectives as to precisely why Funny Games is the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Is it the worst thing you guys have ever seen? No. I mean, what is? Oh, man. I don't know. Probably some of that garbage that they used to play on, like, the sci-fi channel. But those movies didn't make you, like, hate them. You were just kind of bored, right? You're like, this is bad. I know. Riccio is the worst thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, yes. I had an amazing experience showing Jeff the 1991 film Riccio and just thoroughly, like, basking in his misery. Yeah, this is pre-quarantine uh, PC, and uh, and uh, and it was, uh, yeah, it was an unbelievably shitty experience, and I don't ever recommend anyone watching that movie. I mean, it was the movie's so hilarious, mindless, and stupid, and just maybe one of the Fast and Furious films. I think it was Tokyo Drift. Might be the only one I've seen from start to finish. I fucking hated that movie. Um, I know this one is going to cause a lot of contention, but Boondock Saints is up there for me. Get fucked. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know why. I just it like I don't I don't want to say it's a bad movie. That movie just makes me hate it. I just like there's something about that movie that feeds my resentment. Can you? Is there an analogy here to Funny Games? Yeah. So that like f- Funny Games is kind of comparable because i i don't know if it's worse because you asked like what is the worst thing i've seen i don't know well it's i mean we've talked about how it's hard to define bad and there are many different ways to i guess another way i could ask this question is like what movie did you hate the most while watching it yeah what engendered the most loathing in you because i see terrible crap all the time i i sift through piles to try to get something good for our B movie nights, you know, but those are often just like boring. Uh, it's very, it's not very often that I just hate a film, especially to this degree. I mean, yeah, if anything, the, like the avenging disco Godfather was like endearing to me. I like in a way that made me really enjoy the film, but yeah, I mean, Boondock Saints is up there in, in, in this feeling that you're describing. And Jeff loves this movie. I don't remember it. I remember liking it when I was a teenager, but I don't remember why. I loved it. I mean, I was also an angsty, kind of edgy teenager, and I but I I just kind of always loved it. I just I don't I can't tell you why. I mean, I'll still watch it today. It's one of my rewatches. It's 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 just a fun movie, and it's funny, and I just I just always it's what it's kind of one of my like brain brain junk food movies got it yeah like my cousin Vinny is like that for me um love that movie i love that movie too but i know some people who hate it um i guess with with boondock saints just like to trying to describe you know like the good movie or the bad movie there's just like a something that exists in between the scenes or in between everything that you can't see that adds like that x factor to all movies whether it's bad or whether it's good i don't think that this podcast is like we're trying to identify this scientifically or whatever it is but it's definitely interesting to dance around and to to, like think about 
you know the this being high on one's own farts and like the self-awareness and whatnot how do you guys see this movie compared to midsommar because like you guys had some of the same you know qualms as far as like the pretentious aspect of of the the filmmaking or the direction that's an interesting question i was literally just thinking about midsommar when you brought up um the concept of just sort of being high on your farts because i did of course say that midsummer was like watching a director masturbate for three hours <laughs> i'm like hey can we do something else and he's like no <laughs> and i'm like all right but but i didn't hate it like i enjoyed it well enough because it was well made and i think i think like even though it failed in a lot of the things it was trying to do, it was still trying to do them. It was trying to be about like uh, themes about relationships or whatever. And uh, the variety of scenes was interesting. Um, even if the characters did fall flat. Mm -hmm. So hmm, I don't know, Jeff, you want to jump in? Yeah. Midsummer was a movie that had really amazing shot composition behind it. And an artist, sorry a director and uh writer who i think the same person um i don't remember actually if the if he might have had, yeah. had a different writer but um it's just a movie that has intent with a delivery and execution of skill i expect with you know a24 and that type in ari aster i expect something he delivered something close to what i expected we move on when I go into a movie like Funny Games, I have no background. So for me, I'm going into it like as someone who's on a podcast and who's going to look at it analytically and try to like get something to say about it. And when I, when I watch it and it's this fucking terrible, <laughs> I have to wonder, okay... What am I? What am I doing here? What What am I gaining from this? <laughs> and that's kind of where I I, I I kind of lost it. You know, I lost the thread. Yeah. Because they're both they're both kind of like mean and sadistic movies that revel in sort of the torture of their characters. Mm -hmm. But um, and I don't know. I I guess I, I've gathered from almost everyone else that I've talked to about Midsummer who's seen it that it it like scarred them or it was it was a very uncomfortable experience i just thought it was kind of fun <laughs> i don't know what that says about me um but like yeah those elements like it didn't it didn't it didn't grab me tension wise because i didn't care about anything except for the filmmaking but i was still along for the ride and enjoying the variety of it and the intent counts for a lot because mm -hmm. if there's any intent in funny games other than to be mean and sadistic and hollow and irredeemable then i couldn't even tell you that it was trying to do that yeah i think maybe it did what it set out to do that just happens to be something that is completely awful to the core mm -hmm. that makes sense i don't know that makes a lot of sense. It's like when I think about the paranormal activity movies, those movies in particular generate a, like a kind of response in me. 
Because when I see like The Conjuring 12 or <laughs> another iteration of a horror movie franchise, I go, okay, well, they're just kind of carrying on, but like I can see what elements of that I might be interested in. Paranormal Activity is a movie that is not written for me. But it does well, and it is written for a particular type of moviegoer, and that's valid. And I think that Funny Games kind of is that movie for for angsty Mm 16-year-olds. Is it fills a gap somewhere. Exactly, yeah. For for a large group of people, but I'm just not one of those people. I have to violently disagree about anything redeemable about uh, Paranormal Activity. I think that those movies are made completely cynically because they know that like dumb audiences will gobble them up. They can make them for about nine dollars because of the filmmaking, which is this. Uh, it's found what footage. would you call it? Not found. Is it found? Just found footage. It's yeah. like found footage. It's like security cam footage. Yeah, or or whatever. The point is, the point is, it's cheap, and it's awful, and it's just completely cynical mm-hmm. um i mean i get it has its market i suppose maybe that's the point you're trying to get at but i i try my best to not put movie uh, all movies certain moviegoers in a category you know like <laughs> just to not alienate a large group of people yeah i try not to like be like okay what i watch is the good and what you watch is the bad it's like well you, if you enjoyed what you watched, that's the good. If you walked out of the theater with that feeling of elation, that high that you get after watching a film that you enjoyed, then it was valid. But I mean, they're shit. I'm not gonna like sit here and not say that like paranormal <laughs> activities are shit movies. Yeah, but, no, I, I agree. I just, I just get somewhat violent with my <laughs> with my critique sometimes. No, well, I mean, I. That's fair for those movies. If if we're separating audiences and things like that, you know, there, you know, like one in three people look to your left, look to your right when you're out in normal everyday society. There's someone there that likes the Conjuring movies or likes the Paranormal Activity movies, right? Because they're good. They're good at capturing a wide audience, like a movie going audience. Um, well, Conjuring, Conjuring is James Wan, like. A, I mean, you can have your problems about it being like a haunted house thrill fest or whatever, but it's it's well made, it's well acted, it's a real movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it has like a lot of talent behind it and decent writing. So it's like I I wouldn't put that in the same category as Paranormal Activity. Maybe less so the like the Annabelle movies, like all those extended universe yeah. movies. Yeah. I haven't seen those. I hear that they're terrible. Alex, you've been you've been jumping into those. I'm lately going through for it right now. Reason. Yeah, I don't know why, but it, we were talking about this before in our theme of bad movies. I'm starting to get into the habit of watching bad movies because it's starting to help, like, give me a more thorough uh, toolkit or quiver to analyze better movies. I don't know why. I can't explain it to the listeners why that is. It's just sifting through a lot of shit you learn to find what is gold and what isn't um and it's been fun but they're definitely crap i was gonna say the the similarity i guess i was drawing was more in like the audience like the blockbuster audiences with the candy and the popcorn and whatnot if you find a person that enjoys this movie 
when they're an angsty 16-year-old or even past that. I'm talking about funny games now. They will be the most insufferable crowd of people you will ever meet, and they will be the type of people as a film-going audience that you would probably want to alienate. If we were going to alienate anyone, it's going to be the people who like this movie, including my 16-year-old self. <laughs> well, yeah, you can alienate personalities, for yeah. sure. Like, the people who like this movie are the type of people who would think, like, the Joker was the hero of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, it's like it, it, you're just missing the mark entirely. So I, I definitely get what you're saying there. It's like there are some personalities, but, you know, I just never want to take a stance that it's like, oh, well, the movies I watch are, like, the high-class movies. I mean, which oh, yeah. they are. Which they hey, are. Hey, we all really enjoyed Frankenhooker, all right? So. Frankenhooker is a great fucking movie. Oh, so dude. I, I will watch Frankenhooker again in my life. I will never watch Frankenfunny Games again in my life. Yeah. My point is we're not all highbrow over here. We watch a lot of dirt and yeah. we love it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, Funny Games is uh, not cool. It's just ego. It's just Funny Games is ego. It's self-righteousness, it's self-indulgence, it's all of the bad adjectives and, and verbs and nouns that go with somebody who is too pleased with the story that they wrote, so much so that they spent multiple million dollars, multiple million dollars to do it again. He made it twice. Shot for shot. Shot for shot. Has anyone ever done that before? Yeah, you know, uh, Da Vinci painted the, the Mona Lisa twice, I'm pretty sure. And I think that uh, Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel twice, uh, I think. There's oh, movies man. that deserve a shot for shot remake by their directors that are still living. <clears throat> I can't think of many right now. I know that Gus Van Sant did a shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho for some reason. That is interesting. It's definitely less like self, uh, self master. It's not like his masturbatory is making the same film that you wrote and directed again, right? But that one is that's interesting. I haven't seen it. I've only ever heard it from you, Jesse. But that one is interesting to me because I actually like his his movies quite a bit. Not all of them, but. The ones that I've seen. Well, you didn't love Sea of Trees? I, I have never even seen that one. I, I really liked oh. Finding Forrester Damn it. and Last Joke Days. Joke failed. <laughs> he found Forrester in the Sea of Trees. Ah, uh, God. Boom. Oh, God. Joke redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was perfect. Right? <laughs> I'm not I mean, so sure. Forrest Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester, the one where like Sean Connery yes. teaches a kid to play chess? No, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, he it's like a black kid who's like at, plays basketball, but is also really into reading and gets like accepted to some school. And then he just be happens to befriend a very reclusive one time, like Pulitzer prize winning author who happens to live in the apartment where they play basketball. Finding Forrester is the type of movie that like your teacher, like your history Except, teacher would well, put exactly. on, like when they would roll out like the big CRT TV mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like put on the VCR, they'd have like Finding Forrester, Remember the Titans. Exactly. It's one of those like, movies. And like Coach Carter and all those movies would be, and like maybe like Drumline mm -hmm. as like the newest one of those. Exactly. And they would all be on the same thing and they'd all movies just about like redemption through sports youth and, and youth. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. yeah, so it's it's it was one of those movies. My favorite genre. No, surprising I haven't seen any of these. You haven't seen Remember the Titans? Oh, if I did, I can't remember it. Oh yeah, you definitely saw that in high school for sure. Like everyone saw him Remember the Titans. I don't know. I think in high school I was watching like Evil Dead movies. No, I know. Showing I don't, people. I mean, literally in high school, that was like every that was every movie that like every hungover teacher put on. <laughs> they didn't, like, I don't. I don't think they put on movies for us, unfortunately. Oh man, I had not that I remember. Lots of like days where it was like after a test or like if it was like finals week or even in the lull of the m- middle of the year, there'd just be like a day where exactly we'd have like this cart. Sometimes it'd have to get wheeled from another room because the TV was better, and it's this giant-ass black behemoth of a cathode ray tube TV, and it's just, they pop one of those movies in the VCR, and it's funny because I saw Finding Forrester for the first time in, like, a high school, my, like, freshman high school, like, counseling guidance class. Called so, it. Yeah, it's right on the money right there, Jeff. Like, oh. No, I'm telling <laughs> you, man. That's just how, like, the, those movies, like, in a nutshell, like, that's the thing is I went to a lot of shitty schools growing up. So, like, for me, I would just have teach. I'd come into class, and it would be, like, a Thursday afternoon. And it was, like, such a weird time for all the lights to be out in the classroom. <laughs> You're like, wait, why are all the lights out? Like, what's going on? You come in, the teacher's just behind the desk, like, grading papers with her head down. Probably just, drinking out of a flask in their desk. And then, like, this shit would literally happen to me where we'd come in and then they, she would just like come up and like the, 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 that, that fucking cathode TV would come out <laughs> uh, or some uh, they'd try to do it on like those old shitty projectors yeah. <laughs> that never worked. Yeah. Uh, someone had to like climb on a chair to plug the cord into. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Nostalgia trips. Lots of cool different ways to consume film in America as a kid and as an adult. Sometimes you just catch stuff in the most random places. Yeah, just make sure to to be your best American audience self and play on your phone. Yeah. With the volume turned all the way up. Mm-hmm. Make sure you crinkle your wrappers as long as 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 uh, loud as possible, and uh, yell at the uh, screen in an attempt to elicit laughter from your other theater patrons. Eat food louder than you've ever eaten it in your life (laughs) and discuss the plot of the movie that we're all watching whilst watching it oh man we're not bitter (laughs) (laughs) we haven't had bad theater experiences jeff you had one oh we're at this up pretty soon but you had one that was so great uh, like a while ago that you walked out right yeah, I walked out of Blade Runner 2049. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I And I was so bummed. It was such like a cool... Uh, oh, man. This story makes me sad. Oh, no. It was, it was like a... It was a really, really rainy... Like, one of the rare rainy days in California. It was, but it was a rainy day. And you know how, like, you know, cyber... These cyber style uh these cyberpunk movies are always like rain and water it was just like the perfect day we were i went out with a couple friends my wife to go see it at a local cinema that is not the main we have quite a bit of theaters in our town and it wasn't the main cinema but it was like one of like the smaller ones it was um it was uh roxy on the square and it was just such a nice little like theater they were playing it. it was way past its circulation date 
but they would have like play the older movies that had been uh been going through circulation we went through and sat through it and there was just these this older couple i mean bless them but they just could not stop discussing the plot of the movie whilst we watched the movie and it was that's fine if you're at home but it was like they've never been to a theater before like they've never like realized that like we can all hear them because it's really quiet for a point for for a point Mm -hmm. and so it's just yeah so they just like sat there and i could hear them behind me and they would just be like this older woman she would just be like oh so like uh oh there's so there's a baby so there's a baby involved and he's like yeah yeah no i think i i think i think the baby's dead though she's like oh no oh no the baby's dead that's and you're awful. like, shut the hell up. <laughs> and I like, I, I turned around, and I was nice at first. I turned around, and I was like, hey, uh, can you guys stop talking, please? You know, you try to, like, get the message across as fast as you can, as quiet as you can. And they just didn't do anything. Uh, and that I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and they, they just kept talking, kept talking. And eventually, like, they were an older couple, so I... After like three times telling them and they're not like doing it, like what are you gonna do? Yell at them, make yeah. a scene. So I just left and it, it sucked because I was so stoked to see that movie. It was in like a kind of a rundown dinky theater in the rain. I was just kind of really into that. And, oh man, yeah, I saw that. No, when I saw The Martian, that was another shitty experience where this guy in front of me was just talking. They were just like talking about their day as if they come into the fucking theater like it's the cafe. Jesus. And they, and they were just talking and I leaned forward to him and I was like, hey man, can you stop talking please? And he turned over and he looked at me and he looked at me square in my fucking orbs, gentlemen. And he was just like, no. Ugh. And I, the rage... You know, and it's like, I was, that was like a few years ago now. I was maybe like 24, 25. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to punch this guy in the back of his fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like like for sure. Like that's what's about to happen. And, uh, and I'm just sitting there through all of the, I had to watch The Martian again at home because I was sitting there through the entire movie just seething at this motherfucker. I was just sitting here just like. Are you going to tell me no? All right. I'm just like murmuring under my breath. And You're like, like motherfucker, I'm trying to watch Matt Damon play Matt Damon. Exactly. I'm trying to watch them like rescue Matt Damon from space again. <laughs> <laughs> like So so it was just, uh, it was so annoying. And I would, I would remember seething and I was just so pissed. And my wife was just like, hey, just calm down. It's whatever. This guy's just a dick. Like, just get over it. And I'm like, nah, dude. Yeah, he doesn't talk to me like that. It was just one of those like dick male ego moments, and uh, and yeah, I left the theater and I was just like walking around, like uh, it was just such a shitty experience. I think that was like yeah. the last Blade Runner twenty forty nine was the last movie that I saw. No, 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 no. I mean, Jesse, we, we've seen a couple movies together since then. We did. Do you are you guys excited to go back to movie theaters? I'm so excited. I have so many movies I'm ready to watch that are coming up. <sighs> Kind of like I enjoyed going to the airport with you and like watching movies and like the nice comfortable seats because, you know, little do people know who are listening if they do that our town was very late on getting like live like actually comfortable theaters. So mm-hmm. one of the theaters in town is very. very it's very, just unfortunate that it's such a gamble. 
you know yeah Yeah. i mean some people just treat it like it don't go to movie theaters people thinking it's disneyland it's not that type of attraction um also go to movies like later in their circulation like definitely always go to a movie like it's like last week or something if you're like us and care about the silence and being able to yeah definitely if you care about shouting at the top of your lungs to show everyone how big of a fan of star wars you are then i don't know go the first fucking day well exactly and like there's like i think there's always good to like show that like there is a sliding scale of this emotion between us because we like i think that cheering when captain america gets the fucking hammer in avengers is like the dumbest shit in the world (laughs) i'm fine with that so that makes exactly so there's like there is a there is a there's a um a spectrum here that we're talking about we're not all just like on that same page like when someone if when i saw clips of people cheering in a movie theater i i couldn't believe it i was like wait this (laughs) i couldn't believe it i was just i was like wait what people are cheering like they're like in hey, the middle of the that's movie. That's Thor's hammer, man. That's Thor's hammer. It's really hard to pick that shit up. And it's funny because I don't watch the Marvel movies because I'm fucking superior. No, I just don't, <laughs> uh, I just don't watch them because I don't like them. Sorry. Um, I do. And so. <laughs> I actually do. I, so when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. And my wife was just like freaking out. I don't know. It's just so silly. But, like, the, at that point in my life, like, the most I've experienced, too, is I remember I saw Return of the King in the theaters by myself. I was maybe, like, f- you know, 15, 16. And I was by myself because that's the type of teenager I was. <laughs> and uh, people stood up and applauded at the end of the movie. Hell, as, yeah. As it rightly deserves. But that's at the end. <laughs> during the credits. <laughs> And even then, I was like, oh, shit, are we doing this? All right. Yeah. And I just, yeah. like, started applauding. <laughs> you know, for as, as bad of theater experiences that I've had, I've never had one where they paused the movie and went off to go make hummus, which oh. happened to me while watching a movie with our friend Skylar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wait, like, not even get, like, hummus out of a container dude, to bring it back to dude. the couch? No, make it Alex. from scratch. What? I swear to God, no he way. didn't even tell me he was doing it. He's the worst to watch. He just left. With. He just left. But he's like, he just pauses the movie, and I, I oh, figure God. he's like getting a snack or something. And I, I'm sitting there for like 15 minutes, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I go into the kitchen, and he's just like, it was either pesto or hummus, and I'm like, are you kidding? Are we watching this movie or what? <laughs> You goon? Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, that's him all over. He will just like start making like a fucking ten course meal at the like right in the middle of like the climax of a movie. I mean it, that or go, at, what or go, go take a shit for like forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> at that point it's like, okay, do what you need to do, but pausing the movie and forcing me to sit there in silence, I would be like, What is happening right now? But that's the thing is it's always a movie that we've seen that uh, he needs because he's so like backed up on movies mm-hmm, in his life. He mm-hmm. just never really like got into them. So it's like there's really critical movies that we're like, dude, you need to see this movie. And so we try to watch it with him and it just doesn't 
it just doesn't work out. So, you know, when there's there's home theater problems as much as there is like, you know, out yeah, outer theater problems, theater theater I just, problems. I just hope he somehow listens to this and is like you guys have to complain about me even in a podcast <laughs> oh man yeah i hope that he uh understands that it's 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 all up. skyler watch schindler's list been trying to get you to watch schindler's list for 37 years <laughs> damn that's definitely uh, one that well, maybe don't like pause 10, it at, uh, at any time i don't, guess don't pause it to make banana pudding <laughs> yeah. <Just> watch it <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked about funny games about 30% of the time and bullshitted the rest. Yeah. And I consider it exactly what funny games deserves. Yeah. So, uh, Real Weirdos, signing off. You guys have any pressing things to tell our enormous audience? Thanks, everyone, if you've stuck around so far. Yeah, appreciate everyone who listens and continues to listen. Thanks. It's uh, really just fun to do this every week. It is. It's it, super fun. It's what are we doing next time, by the way? We haven't chosen anything. We have not. Yeah. I believe I it's Jeff's turn. Yeah, it's my choice. I'm, I'm kind of going to contemplate it over this weekend of camping and really kind of come to some kind of conclusion by then. Do a little I'll, soul searching. Yeah, do a little soul searching. I want to I wanna pick something that... I. My fallback is always going to be Romeo plus Juliet because I just think that movie needs a lot of recognition. But mm-hmm. since, but I just I I want to have that in, in my pocket to yeah. do. That's your that's your like fire axe yeah, emergency fire. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like my trump card. I'm Got just like, it. Boom. Okay. Cool. We'll put that one in. So I'm here's th- an idea. Okay. Do you guys want to do Tenet? Because we all like. I Nolan. knew you were going to. Yeah. say I had that thought today. I was and none of us. None of us have seen it. No. I was sitting at work and thinking that today. I was like, oh, we're probably going to end up doing Tenet. I don't know what it is. I've had the opportunity to watch it several times. My mouse has hovered over it on my streaming services, and I just don't click it. I mean, I just, I don't know what it is. I do want to watch it, though, and I don't think it's, I don't think, like, I'm not avoiding it for any reason. I I don't know what it is. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I think that I think that'd be good. Maybe. All right, stay tuned for Tenet, everybody. <laughs> real weirdos, it's official. Yes, Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> it's been real weird. Oh, oh, I know. Don't don't do that to me. <laughs> it's all staying in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, everybody, Thanks, and we'll everyone. see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>